Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's going on, church? How we doing this morning? We good? Some powerful drums. Can we welcome the plaza right now? How about those watching online? How about everybody at Lansing Correctional Facility? God bless you wherever this message finds you. I think God's got something great for you. Hey, you can go ahead and grab your seats. And as you do, I just want to take a moment to highlight people that we just think are amazing, incredible, and we are so proud of. Any graduates on the plaza, the north, anyone graduate this semester, lift up your hand. We got one right there, right there, right there. Well done. Well done. Come on. Be proud of yourself there. We're proud of you. Come on. Whether it's high school or a college, maybe you got your master's. We got a few people who got their doctorate this year. Pretty amazing. And we're really proud of you. I got a scripture for you just to encourage you. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated about what you're facing. Don't be intimidated about your future. Hey, don't give those thoughts a second chance. Why? Because God, your God, he is striding ahead of you. He's in your future and he's present in your progress. He's with you all along. He won't let you down and he won't leave you. We are really proud of you for what you've gone through, the studying, the test, the time that it took, and yet it's a new opportunity. Whether you're going on to further your education or jumping into your career, uh, we just think that's amazing. We have a gift for every single one of you at the welcome spot. Um, and we want to celebrate with you. It's a great accomplishment. I'm actually going back to school, um, getting my master's starting at the end of the summer, which um, you have to call me master of the universe, like He-Man. <laughs> so uh, we think education is a beautiful thing, and uh, we're really, really proud of every single one of you. Hey, we kick off a brand new season in our church today. In fact, really, we started the conversation last week. We're talking about the matters of the mind and your thoughts, that really we can reframe our thinking and then we can reevaluate what we've been allowing in and then we can see the new future that God has for us. But we've titled it, It Is Well. As we get into the summer, we're going to be talking about how to have soul satisfaction. How do you have satisfaction in your inside world in the midst of a struggling world. Because we believe God doesn't just save us one day for eternity. No, he redeems even our mistakes, our things that have happened to us. He goes to work in our inside world as we're walking through this world ahead of us. And it is a struggling world. It has an effect and ramification on every single one of us. And if you're not aware of the status of your soul, there's probably some things living there that God wants to eliminate or some pain there that God wants you to make progress and bring healing. And so we're going to discover the God direction when it comes to emotional health, wholeness, well-being, and even and mental health. Because we believe you cannot be spiritually mature or we could say spiritually strong while you're still emotionally weak or emotionally immature. God wants to grow every single part of us. Thank you so much for the soothing sounds of the keyboard. I'll pray in just a moment, but I want to just open up 
what will be a journey that we're going on. I'll be honest with you, today, it's kind of like the very end of like a Netflix episode where they change something, uh, they, they, they have a, a bait and switch, there, there's a drastic plot twist at the very end, and then the credits come on, and they tell you you got 15 seconds until the next episode goes, and they just hooked you in at the very end of the episode so that they can keep you binge-watching all the way to the end. Anyone ever fallen for that trick? Well, I'm not here to trick you, but I will be honest. We're going to unpack some stuff that we won't get full resolution on today. We are starting a journey together to emotional well-being. Not just more spiritual knowledge. We're going to learn to apply it to the deep places of our heart and soul. I say emotional health more than just mental health because I think they're both correlated together. I think we can talk about mental health and you just think that's your mind. But your emotions are our mind, our will, our ability to make right decisions. And it is also um, the, the emotions that we have and experience. God created us holistically, not just to be spiritual. We're also emotional. He made us with emotions. Therefore, they can be good, but they also can be bad. They can be a blessing, but they can also be a, a, a painful point in our life. Uh, really quickly, let me just highlight, you might have some emotional mess or some soul struggles if your outlook in life or even in your day can shift drastically in a moment or with one conversation. Or if someone brings up someone's name or a situation you walk through and all of a sudden you find yourself sweating and seizing up, there's probably something going on in your emotions. The Bible calls it our heart. And we're supposed to guard it with all due diligence because out of our inside world flows the wellspring of life, everything that we do, who we really are. If you have outbursts of anger at any given moment, you might have some soul struggles. I'm reminded of the detriment in my soul every time I'm driving and someone is waiting too long when the light has already turned green God needs to do some work in me. How about if you don't have any expectation of anything good happening in your day? You've given up on bigger dreams because of the pain that you've experienced or the problems you're currently facing. You might have some emotional mess that God wants to clean up. You have difficulty making decisions or even seeing or stepping into a future that God might have for you. How about you have sleepless nights or you're up trying to figure things out to the place where it weighs on your heart. You're having to muster up energy just to get to a social gathering with people. I know we all have different personalities, but people and relationships are one of the most beautiful things in life. And if we're having difficulty connecting with others. We might have some emotional mess. We might have some inner pain. We might have some soul struggles or some baggage. How about this? With different interactions with people or seasons of your life, you just feel tense worn out, lethargic, or you lack energy. We, we've learned, and we will learn even more, that, that the body keeps score. That when you've walked through trauma, heartache, rejection, or hurt, it has a physical effect on your body, not just a mental or emotional effect. At, uh, if you're in the middle of a long day, all you can think about is escaping. Escaping to medicate on 
TV, entertainment, food, alcohol, any other sort of substance, or just get away by yourself. And I realize some people are introverted by nature, but we should never be living for escape and missing the moments that happen day by day. If there's a person in your life you cannot forgive, you might have a soul struggle or some emotional mess. See, I think the church has to take the lead on this in dealing with issues of the mind and the soul. Why is that? It's because the mission of Jesus impacted spirit, soul, and body. Jesus cares about people. The church is the body of Christ, the representation of Jesus on the earth. The Bible actually says two different times in the gospel stories that, that Jesus went to every village preaching, teaching, and healing. In other words, one-third of Jesus' ministry to people on the earth was restoring health and healing. Now, we know that was miracles, but the Bible says that he freed people from oppression, the weights that they were carrying. He didn't just preach, which would be evangelism. He didn't just teach, would be learning about the things of God or spiritual education. No, he did healing of body and soul because he wasn't just concerned with souls going to heaven, although that was his ultimate goal, was to reestablish the connection between God and his children. He also cared about God's kids on the earth, not to just give them hope one day for a future, but to heal the place of their heart and their physical bodies. Our mind, our inner world, our body, they are all interconnected and God cares about it all. So this is why as a church, we're going to walk in this journey to cleaning up our mental mess, to dealing with our soul struggles so that we can be everything God's called us to be, not one day in eternity, but we can walk forward in the future he has for us right here, right now. And I realize as we dive into what is a complex and very personal situation. Don't check out. Even with what I say or what the word of God reveals is difficult for you to handle, God will guide you by his Holy Spirit and grace you to grow through what has been seasons of struggle. I believe some of those things are going to end here and now. And some of this will be a journey that you're going to go on for a season, but it's a season that is going to leave you on the other end, stronger inside and seeing God's best even in your outside. Can we pray? And I think we really need to pray. Let's pray and let's take this personal for God to deal with us. Amen? Lord Jesus, we thank you. You didn't love us at a distance, but you came close. And you are not absent in the here and now. Even in the chaos of this world, we have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the living word of God that shows us how to live your best. And it is not difficult things that you're asking of us, but it's daily decisions to walk closer with you. We invite you in to meet with us in our messiness. Let us have authentic conversations with you and each other about the inner crises that many of us have been masking for far too long. We believe and declare what your word said, who Jesus the Son sets free is free indeed. And this freedom from what's been hindering us inside might take us a season of surrender to see your best, but we believe you always complete what you start. You are faithful to finish. Fuel us up. Speak to us as we begin this journey together. In Jesus' name, on the Plaza North Online, can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Isaiah 53, verse 5. 
incredible prophetic declaration about what Jesus would do on the cross. He says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment that has brought us peace for our peace was put upon him. How many of you want to take a moment right there and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done to bring me peace, to bring me healing, to take away my sins. And by his stripes, we are healed. There is healing for everything that has happened in your life and in your heart. There is healing for every wound that you have received. Every bruised place of your soul, there is the redemptive power of Jesus at work. I want to speak today about beneath the surface. How many know as believers, we're really good at putting on a surface? We're really good at showing people what we want them to see. But every single one of us have something beneath the surface that God still wants to go to work on. As a kid, if you were afraid of what was under the bed, you were totally convinced there was something ugly under there. But it's until you looked, you, you, then you, you could never dissipate the drama until you gave it a, a real look. In the same way, the enemy would love to keep you thinking uh, uh, that, that you're never going to get better, that it's never going to go away, that that issue that's plagued you, maybe even generationally in your family, is always going to be there forever. But when we begin to look beneath the surface, we might not always like what we see, but until we look at it plainly, we can't be set free in that place. What is beneath the surface of your soul? Because you can act like it doesn't exist, but it is not going away until we let the light of Jesus Christ shine, even in the dark places. You know, the first Sunday back in church, live and in person, I was excited. It was a good day to be a preacher. I was tired of preaching just to the camera. I needed some of y'all in the room, and I was excited. We had a great first Sunday back, and I got home, and in between the morning service and the night service, I was, I was experiencing Kansas City's finest. I had some barbecue and uh, I was going downstairs. I was going to watch some golf and probably take a nap. Uh, I was ready for whatever came my way, but little did I know it would be a moment of accident. As I was walking down the stairs, I've shared this before, I slipped completely in the air and landed right where my elbow and my forearm connect. And I was uh, like paralyzed in pain. I had fallen and I could not get up. <laughs> And I shared this before, but my barbecue went everywhere. And my dog that was there was not there to help me at all. He was scarfing down the barbecue like he'd never eaten in his life. And I remember, I'm like, oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. Now, on the outside, I had just a tiny wound. It was a little scrape, a tiny little bit of blood. Nothing a Band-Aid couldn't fix in a few days. What I didn't know, that beneath the surface, I had a deep bone bruise. That for six months, if it got touched bumped up against would paralyze me in pain. Outwardly, it just looked like a little scrape. No big deal. Inwardly, there was some deep pain that took some time to heal. I mean, for six months, I couldn't do those planks where you're on your forearms. 
let's not kid ourselves. I don't do those anyway because there's no core work in heaven and it is in heaven. Let it be here on the earth. But it amazed me how something that I couldn't see, it caused me pain for so long. The Bible says that Jesus is wounded for our transgressions. The word there in Hebrew, transgressions, is a type of sin of something like a trespass. It's you going out of bounds or someone going out of bounds against you. In other words, you could see the issue. It is a, a, a physical thing that happens that you cross a line that you should not cross. And he said that he was wounded so that we could be healed in those places where people cross the line or go out of bounds. But it says he was bruised for iniquities. Iniquity sounds like a big Bible word, but what it really means is something that's twisted. It's something that's out of alignment. It's where we get the word wicked from. And I want you not to think wicked like witchcraft. Wicked literally is the same we get the word wicker furniture from. It is something that was straight that's gotten bent. God knows that there's places in our heart that have been bent out of shape. There's places in our soul that have been woven tightly, that have been misaligned over time, over something that's done to us or something that we did. And what it says is that he was bruised. In other words, you can't always see the bruise. You can't always see the pain. But he was bruised so that you could have freedom. He could rightly align you. He could restore you back to the right place, even in that inner world. We all have wounds of outer attack or conflict with other people. But what about the bruises beneath the surface? What's beneath the surface in your soul? Well, what causes that anger, that insecurity, that anxiety, that depression in your life? What's going on beneath the surface? God doesn't want to just fix up your outside and give you some sort of perfect Instagram influencer kind of life. God loves to go to work in the deep places of heart and soul, healing wounds and bruises because he knows if you're healthy in here, he can do more with you through you out there. In John 10, it says that there's a thief. Jesus says it comes to do three things on the job description of the enemy. He steals and he kills and he destroys. But Jesus, don't worry, I've come. I've come that you might have life and have life to the full. Uh, I don't think the enemy like just tries to steal your car, but I think he tries to steal your peace. Uh, I think he tries to kill your joy. He tries to destroy your hope. Many times the enemy and, and this broken world that we're in and even our own flesh, those kind of the three things that we battle, our own desires, the world around us, and the enemy himself, he doesn't rob you at gunpoint. In other words, it's not a visible trespass that you see. A lot of times he works like a pickpocket. You didn't see it. Maybe you didn't even feel it. But something you had is now gone. Something that was right is now wrong. Something's been taken from you. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life, life in its fullest. The word for life there in the Greek is zoe life. It's God's kind of life. Not just to exist, but to exist experiencing God's best in your life. The God kind of life wants to redeem you from the wreckage that might be living and lying underneath the surface of your soul. What's beneath the surface? I believe as a church, we've got to erase the stigma of mental health and emotional health, that it is okay not to be okay. 
but it is not okay to stay that way and not let the light shine, not let the community around you, not let the right people know as we journey towards real health in our inside world. So how do we heal from the scars and the trauma of our past? How do we handle our thoughts or are our thoughts just handling us? It's a fallen world that we live in. And many times the things that we experience, the things that harm us, they might be decades old, but they're still lingering beneath the surface. People deal with PTSD, not just those that have been to war or combat, but people that have walked through wars and relationships and disappointments and betrayals. People will medicate with something, not always what, something we would label as an addiction, but truly the one, the son who wants to set you free, wants to set you free indeed. That there is nothing that you need to make right what is wrong in your inside world other than the grace of God, the truth of his word, and the time that it will take for him to restore that. But if we never look beneath the surface, we will never experience the freedom that of what he wants to do underneath the facade that we might be keeping. People walk through a lot. Even this week, the connect cards that have come in, the conversations I've had with people in our church, people are walking through so much just right here in our own church community. When's the last time you saw a real miracle? You want to experience one right now? Look to your right and your left. Look to the people in the room on the plaza. Look at the person you're sitting next to, whether you know them or not, know, or don't know them. The fact is that they keep showing up in the midst of the struggle. To me, that's a miracle in the making because of everything you've gone through and yet you keep leaning in. But listen, you can keep showing up, but if we never address emotional struggles or pain, mental hurt and heartache, if these things will keep popping up, if we don't allow them to be uncovered by God's truth and healed by our King Jesus, they will keep reoccurring because time does not heal all wounds. Jesus does. If we never go beneath the surface, we will stay shallow. And shallow Christians will not be strong believers. We cannot shortcut the strengthening of our soul. This is, to me, this is the deep work of discipleship. Bible knowledge is powerful, but if you want to apply a truth to your life and yet your life is falling apart on the inside, the information doesn't lead to transformation because you still have a wound or a bruise in that place. So we're going to get to the core of our inner crisis. In fact, as a church, we've joined with an organization called Churches That Heal, that we are taking our whole staff and very soon we'll take our connect group leaders through a training of how to identify people's places of pain. Because it isn't always just an act out of sin or bad behavior. Sometimes there's something beneath the soil or the surface that is so catastrophic that we're going to walk with people, journey with people towards God's best, which means emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Because God wants us to be 360 whole in every area of our life. The truth is, most believers, many of us, we might be saved for two decades, but our faith our maturity isn't 20 years old. We keep doing the same thing we did year one. So we're not 20 years aged in our faith. We're actually been 20 times a one-year-old believer. Because if we never deal with the thing that lives underneath, 
we just read our Bible, we pray a little bit, we're in a connect group, we might serve once a month, we might give from time to time, but you will never fully develop or overcome the things inside unless you pull them out into the light. And I want to tell you, there is nothing in your world. What you have done, what's been done to you, no trauma, no heartache, no pain, no betrayal that you cannot share in the right place and space. You will not be judged for what you might think is a delinquency or deficiency. We all have them. And yet when we don't learn how to share it, when we don't learn how to work through it, we will all keep them. In fact, tonight at Heart and Soul, I want to invite every single one. We are not broadcasting because I'm going to be sharing some things in my heart and my world for our church that I've walked through, Liz and I have journeyed on together that is just for those that say, hey, I'm core to the family here. And even if you're brand new, you are still so welcome to come out. But normally our heart and souls are filled with inspiration and fresh vision. This will be much more about the journey we believe God has called us to take so that we can be healthy and whole. Because sometimes we need to go slow so that we can go far. Sometimes we got to look around at how we're really doing in order for us to be improving and becoming everything he desires for us to be. The truth is this, when we, when we hide the pain, we will always stay the same. You can mask it, you can fake it, but eventually it is coming back out. So we're going to extend the invitation for the next month and a half, two months, for God to start this journey. We know he'll be faithful to complete it, to show us the path laid of life, to deal with the wounds and the bruises that have been living beneath the surface for far too long. Will you say, Holy Spirit, investigate me? That's what David did in Psalms 139. I love this passage, this translation in particular. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. God, I need you to look into my inside world. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. In other words, I might not even know all the things that are going on beneath the surface, but God, I want you to take a look. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious thoughts, all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain. I'm walking on. God, why do I have this limp? God, why do I have this struggle? God, why do I get caught in this cycle? Why do I walk this way? Where is the place of pain? And you're not just going to highlight it, God. You're going to heal it. Lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. When's the last time you said, God, what's in me that you don't want? God, what's working on me, in me, that is detrimental to all that you want to do in me and through me? You know, my, my front yard at my house has got some bare spots in it. I'm not that ashamed of them. Uh, I'm not a big lawn guy. Uh, my neighbor, huge lawn guy, great guy. Uh, he's out there all the time. Sometimes I just marvel at his dedication while I just sit there and eat some chips. Um, but uh, there's some spots, and I've actually tried to go to work on them. I, 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 I raked it up and I, I put some seed down and I've watered it. But in these few areas, right around this big tree that I have, just like nothing seems to grow. And we all have that person that's like an expert in everything that's going wrong. Well, one of these persons that think they know everything about yards told me uh, it's probably because you've got too many acorns and not enough sunlight. I was like, OK, that's great. Um, that's the squirrel's job to pick up the acorns, not me. <laughs> 
But acorns have these tannins in them, and if they're allowed to decompose on the surface, too many of them, uh, it changes the acidity of the soil. And if there's not enough light to burn that kind of salt out or the tannins out, it just becomes a toxic surface that nothing can grow in. In other words, it was something from yesterday that it's affecting today's health. And if there's any light, no light there, it can't be changed or transformed. So it doesn't matter how much I plant or how much I water, it will not grow until I deal with the toxicity that's beneath the surface. Something in your yesterday a lack of light or illumination from God here and now. If those things are lacking, you will never be able to grow to your potential. Where are the places you need to let the light in? A lot of times the light is leaning in and leveraging relationships with other strong believers. When it comes to places of pain, there's a couple kind of people. There's those that bleed and tell everybody all the time about the drama and the trauma and the train wrecks that they've been in. There's those that are closed off to anyone and everyone and try to pretend there's nothing beneath the surface. And then there's those of us through humility and with wisdom share it in the right places and spaces so that we can experience transformation even in the broken places and the places we carry baggage in our heart and soul. Sadly, I believe hopelessness actually abounds in the heartland of America. I read this stat this week. I could not believe it. There is uh, more suicides, not per capita, in Kansas and Missouri than the entire state of New York, despite us having 11 million less people. If we think this is someone else's problem or situation, then we're missing the harvest field that God has called us to. This is why the church has got to be on the forefront, addressing and diffusing some of the stigmas attached to people's messy lives because people are caring more than we know. I believe as a church, we can erase the stigma about it. We can stop hiding it. We can own what we're walking through so that we can overcome it and walk into the new. And we can start looking out for others that, and help them in their fight. I love that Jesus' scars after he was raised from the dead remained. He was wounded. He was bruised. And the scars remain. And they became a testimony to people like Thomas that, that like you can go through some stuff and God can still raise you to new life. Just maybe the stuff that's been misaligned in your life, God is actually going to heal it, but then it'll become a story for you to share to others that will give them more faith or even set them free. What you're walking through might not just be about you. It says he was wounded. He was bruised so that we could have. So just maybe all that you've been through is actually a part of the testimony of the grace of God, the goodness of God to set other people free. I want to encourage you to own your journey. Own it, but do not be owned by it. Do not be owned by your yesterday. What's been beneath the surface of your heart and soul? I think we got to own up to it that, hey, this happened, or I did this, or I experienced this, maybe even as a child or in a relationship. I've got this hidden thing in my life. I'm going to own that but then I'm going to pass it on to the one who can deal with it. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. For he will be merciful towards their iniquities, and he will remember their sins no more. How many know God actually can't forget? 
Like he's outside of time and he's in our time. He's all knowing, omniscient. He knows it all. He says, I choose to forget. But the truth is, we don't fully have that mind of God. Our ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so his ways are above ours. That we still remember. And maybe you don't remember everything that's happened to you, or maybe you've walked a few days down the journey of your life and it seems to be distant, but your body remembers, especially when it comes to trauma. The, by the, there, there's a study out there, there's a book that says that the body keeps score. The things that you have faced, some of the physical ailments you might be walking through are because of trauma, hurt, heartache, anxiety in your yesterday that catches up to you today. This is why we have to let the light in beneath the surface because the struggle grows, grows stronger in silence and in silos. We want to stay quiet about it because we're worried about what other people might think. We want to feel like we can handle it. I think especially men, we love to act like we've got it all together and we live in a silo of self-protection, but the struggle only grows in silence and in silos. We've got to learn to own it and then hand it to the one who can actually deal with it. We're not going to be owned by it. In fact, our, our pain, our sin, our sickness, our disease, it actually has already been paid for at the cross. And yet we do not live with full redemption. The moment we pray a prayer, God takes us through a process. And for some of you, it is time to start the process of healing, restoration in your mental life, in your emotional life. And if we try to carry the load alone, we are destined for derailment. Even in the Garden of Eden, where everything was perfect, God looked at Adam. He had close communion with Adam and says, man, it is not good for him to be alone. I need to send him a helper. And yes, we all have the helper of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times the Holy Spirit works through the context of community and family. I want to tell you right now, though, your illness, your issue, your struggle, your, your twisted place in your inside world or in your mental life, your illness is not your identity. It is not who you are. It might be what you're walking through or what you faced in your yesterday, but it is not who you are. When you are born again, you are brought brand new into this family of faith. And yet our whole yesterday, although it's been paid for at the cross, we walk through healing to get out of our old and into the new. That's why the Bible says that renewing of the mind, it is a process that we are always on as we become perfected more and more like Jesus. Even your chemistry, that is not your character. It does not define you. And yet if you keep labeling yourself a victim, you'll always be one. You might have been victimized, traumatized, attacked, isolated, abandoned, and abused. I am so sorry that you've had to deal with that. So is God. He gives people free will to make decisions and a lot of times hurt people, hurt others. And yet whatever hurt or heartache you have walked through, Jesus wants to tell you, I can show up in that place and you do not have to remain there because you are not a victim any longer. You are a child, a son and daughter of the Most High God. The Bible says you're actually an overcomer. He says that you're actually more than a conqueror. But until we have the confidence in him to trust him with our inside world, you cannot go to work in the context of our yesterday or our issues. For everyone, 1 John 5, who has been born of God, overcomes the world. You're going to overcome the issues you're walking through. It might be a month. It might be a year. You might battle it till the day of Jesus' return, but you're going to make traction. You're going to make progress. You're going to move forward. 
this victory that we have as we overcome the world, we have it by faith. We gotta put our trust in the right places. I think the moment you just label yourself a victim, and you might have every right to do that, but you can own that in the moment, but the more that you receive the valiant strength that comes through putting your faith in Jesus, the sooner you can walk in freedom from the ultimate healer, Jesus Christ. I wanna say this, your biggest step is your next one. Your biggest step is your next one. We want to make a big leap. Oh, I'm hurting inside. Okay, I'm going to just do this one thing, and I'm going to be great. I, I, I'm going to pray one prayer, and I'm going to be great. I, I'm going to tell one person, and I'm going to be fine. No, no, every single step is, the Bible says he orders the steps, directs the steps, and your next step is so significant, it's your biggest one. And some of you have never taken a step. You've always lived in the shadows and underneath the surface that stuff still lives. Your step is maybe to get authentic with God. Guess what? He can handle your complaints. Your next step might be to listen to God and have him show you why you feel the way that you feel or why the, way you, the reason why you do some of the things you do. We try to take a big leap. The Bible says he doesn't bless the leaps. He blesses the steps. He directs the steps of man. And your biggest step is your next one. Maybe it's to let someone know. Let us know as a church. We are here for the journey. We do not have all the answers, but we do have Jesus, the solution. And we will walk with you. It's not a math equation to solve, but it is a ministry of the heart and soul that God does by his mighty hand in a moment, over a season, in community, working it out with him, with counseling, all those things working together so you can be whole and healthy. And as we walk along, we do not walk alone. Psalms chapter 40, verse 2, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground. But that's not the end of it. He steadied me as I was walking along. See, so many of us, when we get saved, we're out of our old sin. We know we've been set free. We, we, we know we've been forgiven and we're just like, ah, now I'm standing on this rock of salvation. But the truth is, that's just the beginning. He, he saves you and reestablishes your steps so that he can steady you as you walk along. Getting saved is the greatest gift God's ever given us, but it's the beginning of the journey of redemption that he has for all of us. And he will steady you as you walk alone. Take your next step. Let someone know. Let us know on a connect card. Let us know on a conversation through churches that heal and other groups that we're connecting with. We will use everything we have in our power to see you walk in the fullness of restoration and redemption and even the darkest places of your heart and your soul. We all struggle. Romans chapter 7. I love this verse because it makes me realize, hey, I ain't alone. Even the Apostle Paul says, I can't figure myself out. All my best intentions, I'm trying, they're not good enough. I, I want to do the right thing, but still sometimes I don't. Uh, I don't want to do the wrong thing, and sometimes I still do. How many know we're going to keep having issues and problems? Okay, God did not promise us a life without problems. And guess what? Even though your sins are forgiven from your yesterday, you're going to have some more in your future. In fact, you might take two steps forward and one step back, but if you don't give up, you're going to make progress and you're going to get there over time. He will not leave you or forsake you. But we had to realize, like the Apostle Paul encourages, because he's such a hero in the faith, and he still has issues and tensions in his own heart. 
that if we just stay on the journey, even though sometimes we might sabotage our own soul health, we can keep going, we can keep growing, we can keep taking a step. And every step is significant because the mission of God for your life, the mission is a marathon. We live in a quick sprint mentality. We actually need to learn to journey for the long run. Famous study done by Harvard says that um, those that are most successful are those that think and plan long-term. Those that can think about years down the road. And from that place, they can take executable steps to get them to where they believe their dream, their desire is to go. Now, as believers, we should be the best at this because we don't just think about like the next decade. Uh, we don't just think about the next, like getting to retirement. We, we understand that we're thinking about eternity. We're thinking about the forever thing. So if we can get our eyes not on what we see, but what is unseen, we can start seeing that, hey, I might be on this journey for a while, but I know that God completes what he starts. I know that I will be made full and whole one day, whether it's in a moment of ministry or it's through the marathon of my life. I know I just got to keep going because in eternity, God will be proud of the progress I made by his grace as I continue to walk with him. I am thinking long-term, not short-term. We should be the people that are thinking about forever. Romans 8 says, since we are his children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people. And we will also possess with, with Christ what God has kept for him. The word possess there doesn't mean you're going to get it all in one moment. It means that you're going to keep going as you begin to unlock and unravel all the beautiful things that God has promised you. This is a journey. It is a marathon. It is not a moment. And in the moment, you might feel depleted. You might feel defeated. You might feel alone. But I'm here to tell you, you are not. You have the Holy Spirit of God and you have his family, the church, and we will not leave you in your journey. We will not betray you in the middle of the problem you're facing. You do not have to hide your heartache any longer. Whatever's beneath the surface, by the way, I have seen and heard everything already. So nothing that you walk through is going to be new to me and it's definitely not new to your God. And I've seen those people that have walked through the greatest betrayals, heartaches, and addiction walk into the fullness of their destiny by the power of God working through His grace and through His church. Psalms 30 says, Weeping may endure for the night. In other words, there might be a time of weeping. What's weeping? It's an outward response to an inward feeling. You are crying, and people can see the weeping. People can see the, the hurt coming out. Especially when you're a ginger. We get real blotchy when we cry. <laughs> Weeping might be there for a season. And I want to say this, as maybe we take off the Band-Aid and see what's really beneath the surface. Man, that, that, that part's intimidating. That part's scary. As we begin to unpack and unlock by the Holy Spirit, why do I have this rage? Why do I feel alone? Why do I have to medicate? Why do I have to isolate? Why do I feel this way? Honestly, sometimes when you open up, it feels like Pandora's box. You liked it before when it was all stuck away for no one else to see. But the longer it lives in the silence and the silos, the stronger it gets. And it will come out one day. So why don't we just say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Even if I have to walk through all this mess, I am not going to do it alone. I'm not going to allow this anger, this rage, this insecurity, this hurt, this heartache to fester in the darkness any longer. There might be some weeping, but guess what? There's a new season coming. 
Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Joy, the supernatural gift from God to have an optimistic view of how good He is and how much He cares about you. Even in the midst when you don't see the goodness in your circle of circumstance, you can see the goodness and the joy of your God. I'm out of time. In fact, I'm over time. I appreciate your patience. The song we sang today, just a few moments of the hymn, It Is Well. It's such a powerful story if you've never heard it. The author of that song was actually a businessman. His name is Horatio, Horatio Spatford. Excuse me. He wrote that song after just absolute trauma in his life. He had five kids. He actually lost a son early in life. And he was a successful businessman in Chicago. Lost so much financially when the great Chicago fire happened. Yet he was a believer and loved to, to, to be a kingdom builder, back the things of God. He was on his way to England to be a part of D.L. Moody's crusade in, in London. And yet he got held behind trying to deal with the wreckage of the Chicago fire. And he, he sent his family, his wife and four daughters now on their way. And man, they ran into another ship on their transatlantic journey. It sank. He got a telegram from his wife and it just simply said, the saved alone. Man, what heartache. Immediately, he's on his way, journeying towards her to be with his grieving wife. And as they come to the place where the accident had just recently happened, he goes outside. You gotta just put yourself in his shoes for a moment, the weight and the heartache, the misery he must be feeling. And then he writes a song that still speaks to us today. It is well. When sorrow like sea billows, uh, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, whatever I'm facing, God, you've taught me to say, taught me to know it is well, it is well with my soul. I love that at his place of deepest pain, his place of deepest struggle comes a beautiful song that my soul can still be good when life isn't. My soul can still sing when life is screaming. I can still proclaim God's goodness even when I'm walking through pain. I can still say, God, I'll bless the Lord on my soul even when I'm experiencing brokenness. We still sing that song today and it's an anthem of hope for everyone who hears it. Guess what? Everything you have walked through in your life is not wasted. What the enemy meant to kill and to steal and to destroy you. It might have misaligned. It might have cost you some seasons of joy. It might have cost you a whole lot to walk through or even to show up today. But if you will learn to get a perspective of the goodness of God, that it is not finished yet in your life, and that you might have walked through some pain, there's still a song to proclaim. You might be in a struggle. There's still something to sing about. And your song can become an anthem of hope for the hurting world around you. And one day, when you graduate into eternity and the heartache and the crisis and the chaos of this world is long gone, finally healed and restored by our King Jesus, you will have a testimony of transformation because even in your trial, you didn't stop singing. Even in your mental anguish, you kept proclaiming. Even in the struggle of your soul, you didn't bury it beneath the surface. You blessed God in the middle of your misery. There is a miracle in Jesus' name.